Good morning. Scripture reading this morning is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. Again, that's Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. And it reads, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. As I mentioned in Bible class, it's certainly a pleasure to be here with you all at Broadway and always enjoy every opportunity to come and to worship and and always enjoy the great singing here. That's one of my favorite things about the congregation here at Broadway. And again, as I mentioned, of course, Brother Laws and I are ultimately swapping places this morning as he's in Mount Vernon doing a gospel meeting there. And so uh, normally I'm in Mount Vernon on these first Sundays, but I'm grateful to be with you here today. Within a span of three days, everything changed. Countless Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled. The old law was done away with. Within that span of three days, races and cultures that at one time were divided became united. You see, within a span of three days, death died. Now as we look at And we think about what Jesus endured as he went to the cross, as he died, was buried, and as he rose again. We see Jesus' victory. And we recognize and notice how it is that Jesus' victory changed everything. And as New Testament Christians, we recognize and understand that as we gather together every first day of the week, according to Acts chapter 20 and verse 7, we partake of the Lord's Supper. We gather together to break bread, and and in so doing, based on what Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 and following, when we partake of that Lord's Supper, we remember Christ's death. We remember His burial and resurrection, and, and we partake of that bread, we partake of that cup in remembrance of Him. But from time to time, as we partake of that Lord's Supper, as we do so every every first day of the week, we find ourselves beginning to take for granted what it is that Christ accomplished at the cross. We find ourselves only remembering certain aspects of what it is that Jesus' victory secured for us. So this morning in the time that we have together, I want us to consider what it is that Jesus accomplished, what it is that Jesus did in securing the victory even for us today, as we learn from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. And as we think about Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, it's important for us to understand that the context of the book of Hebrews. And at the time that the letter was written there to the, to the Christians, to those Hebrew Christians, they were facing pressure to turn back to Judaism, to go back to the old law, to that which they once knew and, and they once took part in. But as this letter was written, it was done to encourage these Christians to remain faithful 
to even remember what it is that Jesus accomplished in his death, burial, and resurrection. And as the book begins in Hebrews chapter 1, it's made clear that Jesus did not come to this earth as an angel. Jesus did not come to this earth as an angel as the Jews believed that it was going to happen. But rather, as Hebrews chapter 2 shows us, Jesus came to this earth as a man. And it's because Jesus came as a man, because He died on the cross as a man, and because He would raise again from the grave, we recognize and understand that as men, we can have that same victory as Christ Jesus. Notice with me what it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You see, in Jesus Christ we find victory. And it is only in Christ Jesus that we can find victory over the struggles in our lives. Notice again what we find in the first part of Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself shared in the same. You see, as Jesus came to this earth, again he came as a man. As we read together just a moment ago in our scripture reading, we we look at the remainder of that context in verses 16 through 18. And in verse 16 it says, Indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. The idea being that as Jesus came to this earth, he did not attach himself to angels. Jesus did not take hold of angels, and that's not the appearance that he came in. But rather, he attached himself to man to flesh and blood, so that He could be like we. Jesus Christ was truly a man. Therefore, in all things, as verse 17 says, He had to be made like His brethren. He had to be made like you and I. He had to be made like His brethren that He might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. It's because Jesus lived as a man that he knows exactly what it is that we face in our humanity. You see, the way in which God saw fit to save you and I was to send his unique son to this earth, to send his only begotten son to this earth to die on the cross on our behalf that He might become that propitiation, that atoning sacrifice to take care of our sin problem. But it's only because Jesus became a man. We think about how it is that Jesus having been a man, it required Him to to know what it is to be a man. Think about what it means that Jesus shared in our flesh and blood. Inasmuch as we have partaken of flesh and blood again, He Himself likewise shared in the same. It means that Jesus knows what it's like to be happy. That as a man, there were times in Jesus' life that there was great joy, there was great excitement, but at the same time as a man, Jesus knows what it's like to be at that emotional low. To know what it's like to be stressed out. To be anxious. 
to have fears, to have worries, to have doubts. Jesus understands what it's like to be a man and to struggle as a man, even as it relates to the trials and temptations of this life. Think about again what it is that we read just a moment ago from Hebrews chapter 2 in verse 18, in that he himself has suffered. The idea there being that he himself has experienced Jesus knows what it is. Jesus knows what it is like having been tempted so that he can aid those, so that he can aid me, so that he can aid you who are tempted as well. You see, it was necessary that Jesus become a man so that we can have victory over the trials, over the struggles that we face in our life. Again, as the Hebrew writer tells us, he himself likewise shared in the same. All that it is that makes us human. All that it is that makes us flesh and blood. Jesus. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. He left the ivory palaces to come down to this world of woe. And He did that for me. Jesus Christ did that for you. He was willing to give up what it is he had with the Father in heaven to come down to this earth. As Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 through 8 tells us, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Jesus could have come to this earth and been a great king. He could have come to this earth and been a great political ruler. He could have come and been a great and a mighty warrior. But Jesus came as a humble servant. Jesus came as one who was willing to serve and wanted to serve others. Jesus was truly a man and he understands what it is like to go through the trials and struggles of this life. Because as a man, Jesus certainly had his physical weaknesses. We understand as we learn from James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 that each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. You see, the point that we're trying to make here is that as a man, Jesus faced temptation. And oftentimes when we think about how it is that Jesus had those physical weaknesses, that he would have those desires, that he would be able to be tempted, we often turn to Matthew chapter 4. And we look at Matthew chapter 4 where it is, verses 1 and following, that he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And we look at those three temptations how it is ultimately at the core that Jesus was tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those things we understand are are, are the core or the root of all temptations even that we face today based on 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16. And we think that because Jesus overcame those temptations in Matthew chapter 4, that that was it. That he never faced temptation again in his life. But brethren, that's not the case. Because being a man, he faced those temptations on a daily basis. 
And just stop and think. Because Jesus was flesh and blood, because he was born a man and would grow up as a man, Jesus knows what it's like as a child to be tempted to do the wrong thing. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted to disobey your parents. As Jesus grew up in the flesh, he would become a teenager. He would understand and go through all of those changes that take place, and he would have those temptations that we face as teenagers. As Jesus continued to grow, he continued to mature. Being flesh and blood, being a man, oh, Jesus knows what it's like to be a young adult. Jesus knows what it's like to face those temptations of being a single adult. Oh, Jesus knows what it's like to face trials. He knows what it's like to have those weaknesses of the flesh. Yet through it all, Jesus was victorious. Jesus did not give in to those desires of the flesh. Even though he was tempted, he was without sin. We're told in Hebrews chapter 4 in verses 15 and 16 that we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And it's because Jesus was without sin. Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because Jesus was a man, and because Jesus showed that it's possible to be victorious over those weaknesses of the flesh, that we can turn to Him with confidence in our time of need, that we can go through Him even to God in prayer, that we can truly be victorious over the trials and the struggles of this life. But we learn as well as we look at Christ Jesus, as we look at what it is He accomplished in being victorious, that Jesus even was able to overcome the enemy. And when we follow in His footsteps, we can achieve that same victory as well. Notice as Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 continues, that through death it says he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. You see, Jesus had to be a man, not only to show that it was possible to overcome the weaknesses of man, but he had to become a man so that through death, He could destroy him who had the power of death. The only way in which it was going to be possible, the only way in which God saw fit to take care of the problem of Satan was for his son to come to this earth as a man, to die as a man, and to overcome Satan's greatest tool, his greatest weapon of death, as a man. And it was told long ago, In fact, as soon as sin entered this world, it was told how it was that Jesus would be a man, that the one who would be victorious would come as a man, that he would be in that flesh of blood. Because it says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, as God there was speaking to Satan, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. You see, it was through the seed of woman. It was through a man that God saw fit to take care of Satan. That through man that by Christ Jesus, he would be able to defeat the devil. 
As it says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that He might destroy the works of the devil. It was only because He was a man. And it was only because Jesus was able to overcome that common denominator of man through death. We're told in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, that it is appointed for man to die once, and after this the judgment. Being a man, it was understood that Jesus Christ would have to die. And even that fact that Jesus was going to have to die was something that was understood even before this world was created. We're told in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8 that Jesus is the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. Let that sink in. That by the beginning of this world, even at its foundation, God knew exactly what was going to have to happen. That at its foundation, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, knew exactly what it is He was going to at some point have to give up. That at the foundation of the world as everything was being created, Jesus knew that He was going to become a man. Jesus knew that He was going to have to die as a man. But He was willing to do so because Jesus knew that He could be victorious. And it's only because He was willing to go through and endure that that we can endure the same. Because the fact is that Jesus could not get around death. If Jesus were going to to defeat Satan, if He were going to secure victory over the enemy, There's no way he could work around death. You see, some would suggest that that as God, as as one who is deity, that, that there's no way that he could have died. And they would suggest that at the last minute, Jesus was substituted out with somebody else and somebody else took his place on the cross. But that's not what happened. It's not the case, even as we sang a moment ago. Jesus, yes, he could have called 10,000 angels. Jesus could have called those 12 legions of angels to come down and and to find another way to save him, to take him away from the cross. But he didn't do that. You see, as Jesus, as he faced that unjust trial, as he faced all of the mocking and Jesus faced the scourging, as Jesus faced the ridicule, he, he faced the shame, as Jesus was stretched out and He was nailed to that cross, it was the only way. And as a man, Jesus felt that pain. As a man, Jesus endured that pain so that through Him, if we do the same, if we look unto Him, we can have that same victory. Later on in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, It says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's because Jesus endured that death as a man. That He showed it is possible to be victorious as a man. Because He proved that death is no longer the end. 
That death is no longer the end of mankind because through Him we know that we can have eternal life. Oh, we look and we see how it is that it's through that death He would destroy Him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And even as we go and we look back in Psalm chapter 8, the Psalm 8, that great messianic psalm that's even quoted earlier on in Hebrews chapter 2. It says in Psalm 8 and in verse 2, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. It was the plan all along that having been a man, having died as a man, that Jesus would be able to be victorious over Satan, that he could be victorious over death. Because he was victorious, we find those seven great words that are recorded in Luke chapter 24 and verse 6. That even though Jesus died on the cross, even though he was buried in the tomb, oh, we read those great and those wonderful words. He is not here, but is risen. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus proved that victory is possible. Jesus proved that we as men, by following His example, will be able to overcome the trials and struggles and the temptations we face in this life. He proved that through Him, that we can overcome the enemy, that we can overcome the devil, because that victory is for each and every single one of us. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 15 says that He released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. It's because of what Jesus did. It's because of what He accomplished that we can accomplish the same. That we no longer have to be afraid of death because we know that through Him we will be able to rise again. That we will be able to have eternal life. Jesus died, buried, and overcame death for each and every single one of us. You see, Paul would write in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10. There is Paul would write to Timothy concerning the, the testimony of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He said, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10, that it has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought to life and immortality to light through the gospel. It is only through that gospel that we no longer have to fear death. And it's not the case that in abolishing death that Jesus made it so that we never have to die that physical death. That's not what it's talking about. But having abolished death is the fact that through Him, we don't have to worry about that second death. We don't have to worry about Satan. We do not have to fear what will happen at the end of our life because Jesus came to this earth as a man to save we as men, to save those of us who are subject to sin, Romans 3 and verse 23. He came to this earth to save us who are subject to Satan. He came to this earth to save us from death. And Jesus did that for me. He did that for you. That through Him, we no longer have to be fearful of death. Oh, but so often we're afraid. So often we look at the situation of our lives or of those around us, and we become scared. Yes, there are certain anxieties, there are certain things that are unknown, but 
Oh, we let that fear take grip of our lives. We're afraid of that virus. We're afraid of that sickness. We're afraid of that cancer. We're afraid of what it's going to do to us. We're afraid of how it's going to affect our bodies. We're afraid of how it's going to take our lives from us. But brethren, Jesus died for us so that we do not have to have that fear. Yes, we take the precautions. Yes, we do what's necessary to be safe. But we do not have to fear death because Jesus died to secure the victory for each and every single one of us. As 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is only through Him that we can enjoy that victory. It is only through Him that we can overcome the trials and struggles of our life. It is only through Jesus that we can overcome Satan. And it is only through Jesus that we can truly have the victory that is possible in this life. Because having been a man, He was perfected. And we're told in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8, Though He was a son, yet He learned obedience by the things which He suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all. Not just to a select few. Not just to a a chosen group. But he became the author of eternal salvation unto all those who obey him. That is those who having heard his word have believed on him. Those who recognize that it's because of their sin even that Jesus had to come to this earth. That it's because of their sin that Jesus had to die on the cross to be that propitiation. To be that atoning sacrifice. He came to save those who were ready and willing to repent of their sin. Who were ready and willing to confess His name before men. Who were ready and willing to put Him on in baptism. To have their sins washed away. So that they can follow and live for Him each and every single day of their lives, so that just as Jesus obtained that victory for Himself, so that they can enjoy the same. Do you have that victory with Jesus this morning? And if not, we can help you with that. If you would, come as together we stand, and as we sing. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's hardly